Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our show. I'm your host, Prang Medic. We're talking about life as a child of God and all things related to his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. If you're a new listener to the show, you can find articles and books and other resources on my website, www.prangmedic.com. Now let's jump into this week's show. So I woke up this morning and got on Twitter and holy moly, saw the trending hashtags, Jeff Sessions, and now Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, Democratic leaders in the House and Senate, uh, were demanding Jeff Sessions resign. Uh, The night after President Trump had this phenomenal joint session speech, if you haven't listened to it, you should listen to it. It's a very, very good speech. Even his opponents in the mainstream media were saying, Trump really knocked out of the park, sounded presidential, did a great job. CNN had a town hall meeting the following night starring John McCain and Lindsey Graham. They went on and began to, of course, talk trash about President Trump. You have, um, you have some bitter in the Republican side who do not like Trump and are going to do anything they can to try to demean or hurt President Trump's administration. So here's what's going on. So Ben Carson, by the way, just got approved uh, as Secretary of HUD. Now here's the thing. The president still has more cabinet members that are awaiting approval. The Democrats in Senate are dragging everything out as long as they can. This is part of their strategy. Part of their strategy is to drag the process out as long as he can so the president is playing without a full team. He doesn't have his full cabinet. And here's an interesting historical fact. No president since George Washington has gone this long without his cabinet being confirmed. George Washington, the first president, had his cabinet confirmed long before this, and they are dragging out the confirmation of uh, the president's cabinet as long as they can. And unfortunately, this is what we're going to see for the next uh, four years, possibly eight years. The Democratic Party has, uh, they're in a difficult, they're in a difficult situation. Uh, The Republicans control the House and the Senate and the White House, and soon they will control the Supreme Court. And that, when you're, when you're the party that's out of power, that's difficult. But the, but the Democratic Party is trying to obstruct everything that President Trump is trying to do, and they're getting help from some Republicans like McCain and Lindsey Graham, who don't like President Trump and are going to try to help the Democrats sabotage everything from the beginning. So that's, that's what's going on. There are many, unfortunately, many Republicans on key committees who are in collusion with the Democrats to try to sabotage what the president is doing. So the president has a difficult road right now. Now, I want to talk about Jeff Sessions. So they tried through everything they could at Jeff Sessions during his confirmation hearing to try to delegitimize him as attorney general. Didn't work. He got confirmed. They're not through with their attempts to try to delegitimize him in the same way that his, op- his opponents have been trying to delegitimize his presidency through the Russian hacking, through all the other 
uh, things that they've thrown, all the protests and everything else, they've been trying to delegitimize his presidency, even though he was elected. They're going to do the same thing with Jeff Sessions. They'll do the same thing with Ben Carson. They did it with Flynn, and they got Flynn out of the out of the cabinet. Here's what happened with Flynn. General Flynn, as National Security Advisor, has ambassadors and diplomats all over the world who act as um, you know counterpart to what Jeff Flynn was doing. So he has these conversations with these people all the time. It's nothing illegal, right? We talked about this before. The FBI looked at it. Everybody in the intelligence community said there was nothing that General Flynn did that was criminal or wrong or illegal. The problem with General Flynn was he gave a briefing to Mike Pence and didn't tell him all of the details of the conversation. So Mike Pence goes on Face the Nation and um, talks about what General Flynn's conversation was about, not knowing all the details. Later it comes out that Flynn had other conversations and Mike Pence felt like he got set up. He felt like he didn't get all the information and he felt like he should have had all the information because he got in a difficult spot. So unfortunately, and and I personally think this is the wrong move, they cut General Flynn loose out of the administration basically because the mainstream media demanded it. And the mainstream media got their scalp. They got General Flynn removed from the cabinet. That was what they wanted. And now that the mainstream media and the Democrats got one scalp, they saw that Trump was willing to get rid of one of his own people when there was a big screaming hissy fit over what happened. So they're going to bring up everything and anything they can to try to get the president to take out his own cabinet. Now, unfortunately, the situation with General Flynn, I think it was a bad idea only because it gave the mainstream media exactly what they wanted. They wanted a body, and they got a body, and now they're going to be looking for more. Jeff Sessions has been a sitting member of Congress for years. He serves on many committees in the Senate. He has every right to talk to Russian ambassadors, Ukrainian ambassadors, French ambassadors, uh, ambassadors from Nigeria and Australia. As a member of government, all our senators and congressmen talk to uh, people from other governments all the time, every day. That's what they do. They talk to foreign dignitaries. Okay, uh, there's, there's no questionable behavior in what Jeff Sessions did with this Russian ambassador. Everyone knows it. You know, there's, I, if you go on Twitter this morning, there's all these pictures of Nancy Pelosi and, and Lindsey Graham and all these other politicians meeting with the very same Russian ambassador in Congress and other places. So the first thing I want you to know is that what Jeff Sessions did was there, there's, there's no law against it. It's fine. He, he's not in any trouble. But the, uh, the opposing party wants to make it look as if there is something sketchy going on, okay? So just understand, if you have these conversations with your friends, just try to help them understand that there, there are rules, there are laws, there are things that we, politicians can do and things they can't do. And what Jeff Sessions did, there's no law against it. It's not a breach of 
confidentiality. It's not illegal. It's it's nothing. There is nothing. There's no, there is nothing to this. Now, let me get to a couple of news stories that came out. Let's talk about strategy first. So President Trump gives this amazing speech, and if you look at the president's popularity numbers after the speech, his numbers went off the charts. He he had a big surge in popularity, momentum. Now, we talked in a previous video about being on offense versus being on defense, okay? You're on offense, you have the ball. You are moving the ball the direction you want to go. When you're on defense, you're trying to stop your opponent from moving. During the president's speech, he got so much momentum, he was clearly on offense. He was moving the narrative, moving the crowd, moving the ball in his direction. And now the Democrats have to try to stop that. So they're on defense, and this move to try to malign Jeff Sessions is, a, is an attempt to break his momentum, to break the momentum that the president got during the speech. The, the news stories in the New York Times and CNN and Wall Street Journal, I saw their news story. If you go to my Twitter account, you'll see all these news stories. I, I tweet them out. You can go read them. Here's, here's an example. I looked at this new, um, Wall Street Journal news story, and I'm quite I'm disappointed with this news story because the Wall Street Journal tends to be a little bit more reliable than this. But they wrote up a story about this Russian in, uh, interference narrative. It's been going on now for six months. It was going on during the election, Russian hacking, Russian this, Russia that. Russia's been calling all of Trump's cabinet members. There have been collusion. When you listen to the press briefings in the morning with Sean Spicer, he's out there answering the same people asking the same questions week after week. And he's answered it so many times. And now, in my last video, I talked about Andrew McCabe, who is the deputy director of the FBI, came over to the White House, told the White House and told um, Rents Priebus that there is no evidence of Russian interference. Now, this is the deputy director of the FBI. And these guys are not necessarily uh, on Trump's side. But he told Rents Priebus, they have looked at, and look, they have the information because the intelligence community was monitoring Flynn and Pence and Trump and Kellyanne and, and Bannon. They were all having their phones monitored illegally. They didn't have a warrant for any of that. And, you know, people like Flynn, he probably knew his conversations were being listened to. He's a smart guy. He probably knew that. But here's, here's the thing. The FBI has the phone calls. They have the data. If there were any weird... Uh, communications between Russia and anyone in Trump's cabinet, they would know that. All right. Andrew McCabe, deputy director of the FBI, went to Reince Priebus and said, this whole thing is BS. There is no evidence that anyone on the cabinet has been colluding with Russia or talking to them. James Comey, director of the FBI, confirmed it later on in the day. The Senate Intelligence Committee, they have been investigating this. And the chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee has been answering this question yesterday on Twitter. You can go and find it. He said, we have investigated. There is no evidence. There is nothing to this story. This whole narrative about Russia being involved with Jeff Sessions or Kellyanne or Bannon or Flynn is nonsense. There's nothing to it. Yet, 
I read in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, unnamed sources have told us that there have been phone calls and there have been communications between Sessions, between Flynn and Russia. We have it on good information. We have good sources. We have reliable sources. They never name any of the sources. Now, all the stories that you will find on CNN, Washington Post, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, on this issue, go and read them. What you're going to find is no sources. None. They aren't naming them. Which means one of two things. Either these newspapers are completely fabricating these stories and they actually have no sources. That's possibility number one. I, that's not the one I believe. Uh, the other possibility is they're getting the information from people inside the government, but the sources have told the newspapers, do not tell anyone who told you this. Either way, people in the intelligence community have already debunked it all and said this is just nonsense. It's not true. Um, it's fake news. Sorry. And, and that's kind of what President Trump is up against right now. He's up against a lot of fake news. He is up against a very organized uh, Democrat. Well, I wouldn't say they're very organized, actually. <laughs> All right. President Obama is kind of organized. The rest of the thing is not really all that organized. But if you, if you do some research, you'll find out what the, what the former president is up to. And uh, there's a reason why he didn't move out of D.C. And there is also a reason why presidents, when they leave the White House leave Washington, D.C., because it's too easy to try to manipulate the media and the narrative after you are out of office. Well, the president couldn't let that opportunity go by. And unfortunately, President Trump has kind of told President Obama, I'm going to wipe out your legacy. <laughs> so, so President Trump has kind of challenged President Obama, and Obama is like, you're not going to wipe out my legacy. I'm going to take you down. So they're having this little battle going on, which is why President Obama has, you know, these uh, organizations that he's, he's, he's heading up that are, that are going to be, you know, doing community activism and whatever they can to try to slow down and get rid of Trump. Now, here's, here's, where, it gets, here's where it gets ugly. The president has talked about this. Uh, he's tweeted about it, and he's talked about it publicly. The kind of activity that's going on, it's not just playing dirty pool. It's illegal. The leaking of the information from the intelligence community or the White House or the Department of Defense, where, wherever it's coming from, these leaks are illegal. They're leaking classified information. Some of the information is not true, so there's, they're opening themselves up for libel and slander. Uh, defamation of character. And we all know, if you know anything about Donald Trump, he has a really good law firm that is representing him. And the last thing you want is to get in the face and get on the wrong side of a guy who has a strong legal team and has the attorney general on his side. Uh, I think the people who are going after Jeff Sessions, who are going after the president, are going to regret what they're doing. They do not understand. They're playing with fire. If they have done anything wrong, if they have taken bribes, if they have been blackmailed, if they have been ex involved in extortion, if they have taken any contributions from any organizations overseas, countries that illegally, 
they are all subject to prosecution. And let me tell you something. As much trouble as these people have given the president already, I don't think the president is vindictive, but he has warned them these activities are going to be prosecuted. What I see is I see an opposition party that is doing everything they can to try to kill the president's cabinet and the momentum in the, in the crib. They're trying to kill this administration. They have been calling for impeachment ever since before he was inaugurated. The only thing about impeachment is you actually have to violate some laws. The, the impeachment narrative is ridiculous. The president is, is well advised. He's smart. You have to actually violate laws in order to be impeached. The president is smart enough. He's not going to violate any laws that will give his opponents any reason to impeach him. Rex Tillerson is still firing people at the State Department. Um, he's, he's cleaning house. He's draining the swamp. The State Department is a department that has over 20,000 employees. Steve Pachenik, uh was the Undersecretary of State under Henry Kissinger. He said, look, you can run the State Department on half the number of people that are there right now. You can just cut 50% of the jobs and the State Department would be fine. You're going to see the, the media going ballistic as the diplomats are being laid off and being sent packing. The president has proposed massive budget cuts to all departments of government except uh, the Defense Department. He's draining the swamp. He is laying off federal employees who really don't add much to the team. And it's gonna, it, it, a lot of people are going to be angry about that. And a lot of career politicians are going to end up not having jobs, and they'll have to go find jobs in the private sector. The president is trying to create a lean, mean governmental machine without a lot of waste. And, th and that's, that involves getting rid of a lot of people in the deep state. And that the deep state is pushing back. That's what this is all about. When the president goes after the deep state, the deep state is now attacking him back. They're going to do whatever they can to try to get rid of Sessions, to try to go after Kellyanne Conway. They will eventually go after Steve Bannon. They will start, they'll go after Ben Carson, watch. They've already gone after Betsy DeVos. They are attacking his cabinet, pushing back because they see that their livelihood is being threatened. The, the swamp is pushing back. The swamp that Trump has promised to drain is pushing back. They're attacking him. They're not going to go away without a fight. And that's what this is. This is a fight between the swamp, the deep state, the career government employees who have been used to having things their way, and they've been used to controlling every presidency for the last 30 years, those people, their jobs are in, are in jeopardy. Their career in jeopardy. Their control of the government is in jeopardy. They know it, and they're pushing back. All right, so the last week or so, I've been having dreams about this war with the media and Trump and citizens, average people like you and me. I did not think this was such a big deal when I first started having these dreams, but I keep on having these dreams where the Lord is showing me this war, intense war with the media. The media is going after Trump, and, there, and there's just all this warfare going on. And, and here's, here's what the Lord has been showing me in the last week. He has been showing me how the media, the, the mainstream media, is, is really crashing.
It's crashing. The, the, main, the established media, the legacy media, is taking a huge hit in popularity, in viewership. They have been losing viewers. They have been losing money. And it's not going to get any better. It's continuing. Um, people, people don't trust a lot of the mainstream media outlets anymore. No, no, that's not news. We know that. That's old news. But that trend is continuing. And the mainstream media, I think the more they push against President Trump. Now, President did something a little bit different the other day. Instead of having the press conference in the big press conference room and having all the reporters there, he disinvited uh, <laughs> CNN, BuzzFeed, and a few other agencies and held it. They had what they called a gaggle in a smaller office with, with Sean Spicer. Now, that's not unusual. They've done that before. But the press is freaking out now because they're saying, oh, he's, he's going to exclude us from press conferences. We're not going to know what's going on. And the other thing that they're screaming and hollering about is First Amendment. They're saying that Trump is anti-First Amendment, anti-free speech. He's going to try to muzzle the press so they can't say anything unless it's in favor of him. Well, here's the thing. President is not anti-free speech. He's not anti-First Amendment. The thing with the press conferences that we have to understand is not everyone is invited to go to the press conferences. Look, I have a blog. I write about politics a little bit. I would love to go to the press conference, but guess what? I'm not invited. Why? Well, you know, I, I don't have a big enough following and I'm just not, you know, quite don't have the status that I can get invited to the White House press conference. Not everyone gets invited. Not every news agency is invited to the White House press conference. It's selective. The White House decides who they want there and who they don't, right? It doesn't mean that my right to free speech is being infringed if I don't get to go to the White House press conference. It just means, uh, you know, they have other people that they want to have there. And look, you know, AP is still there, and Reuters is still there, and most of the major news outlets are still there. They're doing their thing. They're reporting what's ever going on. So this whole whining and crying and screaming about, you know, that Trump is attacking the First Amendment is a little bit overblown, I think. Just my opinion. What I've been seeing in my dreams is this continual movement of average, everyday people who are going to replace the mainstream media. I'm telling you, I've been telling you this now for a couple of months, and it's coming. It is happening. We're seeing it. Look, I have a bunch of friends. Some of them are on Periscope. Some of them are on YouTube. Some are on Facebook. There's all different platforms. And they're all collectively, we are bringing news and information and revelation to the world through our own platforms. Now, here's, here's one of the, it's, it's a very um, complex subject. Let me break it down for you. There are some problems. There are some serious problems. Like my friends who are on Periscope, Periscope is owned by Twitter. And Twitter is, is CEO is Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey is very, very liberal and does not like conservatives, has been kicking conservatives off of Twitter, banning them. And if you happen to be a conservative and you're broadcasting on Periscope, you will get your bandwidth throttled down. You will get shadow banned. Your notifications will not go out. They are messing with people who have a conservative point of view. And a lot of these people are giving very good news, very good information, reliable stuff. 
that is not being reported in the mainstream media, and Twitter is doing everything it can to try to squash it. So the, the people that are broadcasting on Periscope and Twitter are having a hard time getting their message out because there's this clash of paradigms. The, the liberals who are running most of social media, okay, Zuckerberg with Facebook, they are, <laughs> what they're doing is they're listening. They are listening to what we're saying. They're scanning, they're aggregating our words, they're looking. There are people on Periscope who know if you say certain words on your Periscope, they're listening to what you're saying. You will start to get your audience throttled down and your bandwidth throttled down if you're mentioning certain words, keywords that they do not want, that tell them what your agenda is. They will start throttling you down. These guys don't mention those words because they don't want their audience to get messed with. Okay, David Seaman has been reporting on the government pedophile stuff. He's got a bunch of videos on YouTube. Well, he had a bunch of videos on YouTube until I think two days ago, and YouTube took down all of his videos. Now, David used to work as a reporter for the Huffington Post. He's a, he's a pretty well-known journalist. Now, with this government pedophile stuff, he has been very angry, and he's been irritating some of the wrong people. He has been poking his finger in the chest of some powerful people and they decided that's enough. They shut down his, uh, they took all of his videos down off of YouTube. I haven't seen him on Facebook. He got banned from Twitter. Here's the problem. Most of us are trying to do our reporting on somebody else's platform. We're using Twitter or YouTube or Facebook and it's not our platform. We don't own it. So the ones who own it and manage it, they get to say how much we can say, who we can speak to, and whether our message is going to get out. And if it doesn't agree with their philosophical worldview or political paradigm, they can shut us down. They can take us out of the algorithm. They can silence us. They can edit what we're saying or just take all of our videos down. We're, we're in a battle here. We're in a battle, okay? And the battle is over information. It's over the truth. And, and, and I'm not giving up. <laughs> and you shouldn't either. Now, Jesse, if you're on, and Shannon... And all you other folks out there who are doing videos, live videos, you cannot stop doing videos. You have to keep doing videos. Here's the deal. In this dream I had two nights ago, we small people were waging warfare by video. We were producing videos. We were putting it all out there. We were just telling the truth, showing people what's really happened telling people what God is doing, telling, correcting the lies of the mainstream media, and we were all doing it by video, our own little, with our little phones and our little cameras. We were all on social media, hammering and hammering and hammering the truth. And I think, I think if enough of us will get on social media with our phones and our cameras, see, Zuckerberg is making it easy. Anyone can do live Facebook videos now with, with a smartphone. There's a little app, you just put it on there and put your little live button and then turn your phone the right way so it's not sideways. You may feel unqualified. You may feel nervous. You might stutter. You may think, oh, I look like death warmed over. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. You need to cross the chicken line. You need to get yourself, if you have a message, if God has given you revelation, if he has given you some truth that people need to know about, get 
online. Get on video. Get off your butt and start doing it. Because if you don't, the, the mainstream media is going to be feeding people lies. And, if, and we are the ones who God is asking us to tell the truth, to tell like it is, to show people what's really happening behind the false narratives. I was listening to this uh, short video by a, a former CNN reporter yesterday. She was sent to Bahrain. She was on the ground there. She was reporting on the, on the government, what they were doing. And um, she found a lot of corruption in Bahrain. And she was going to do a report on it. Well, CNN didn't want her reporting on the bad stuff that the government was doing in Bahrain. What happened was the government paid CNN a large sum of money. They sent another reporter over there who did a story that made everything look fine, everything was great, the government was groovy, the leader was nice guy, everything was fine. And this woman, former CNN reporter, basically said, CNN is doing infomercials for dictators. If you give CNN money, they will send a reporter who will create a story that looks favorable for you, regardless of how corrupt you are, doesn't matter how many people you're killing, doesn't matter all the human rights abuses, CNN will create a story that makes you look good. And she told this story of how this was happening. She saw it happen. So there's, there's a lot of deception out there in the mainstream media. And the Lord is sick of it. He is tired of the people being lied to. All right, here's, here's what I'm looking at. I downloaded a program on my laptop that allows me to do live streaming video. Okay? It's, a, it's an encoder program. And... Using that, I can stream video live on whatever platform I want. I can do it on my website if I want. Now, here's the thing. With, with YouTube, you can live stream videos on YouTube. You have to deal with advertising. And if YouTube doesn't like what you're saying, they can take your videos down, right? So YouTube is kind of cool, but there is this negative thing. Like if they don't like what you're saying, you're done. They will take your videos down. Vimeo doesn't allow live streaming. And, I, and I'm wanting to do live stream video. I feel like the Lord really wants us to be doing video. I want to reach more people. So what I did the other night was I, I, I have a spare webcam and I have my laptop and I've got my phone. With those three, I can live stream live video on three different platforms. I could do Facebook, Periscope, and YouTube all at the same time. And what I've been thinking about doing is I'm considering whether I should live stream on my website. Because if I upload the videos to my website, I'm in control of it. No advertising. No one's going to tell me I can't put my video on my own website. And people can go there. Like if I wanted to do a Friday Night Live video on Facebook and on my website, I could live stream to both, possibly. This is the kind of thing we need to be thinking about. If you have a website, if you have a message, you should start thinking, if you're not already, about how you can reach more people with your message by video. Video is the future. Zuckerberg knows it. The reason why Zuckerberg and Facebook is putting so much money into live video is they know video is the future. They've seen it coming, and video on social media is changing, it's, and it's going to be more and more important in the future. If you're an entrepreneur, if you, are, if you have a message for people if you're a kingdom entrepreneur or if you just want to reach people with the love of God, and I would strongly suggest 
looking into doing live video. And you know, if you don't want to do live video, record the video, edit it, and then upload it. That's as good. If you're not integrating video into your platform, whatever it is you're doing, I think you're missing out. I hate as, as much as anyone having to look at my own face on video. I, I don't like doing that. No one does. But video is where things are at in the future. We need to get hip to what God is doing. And I really believe that we need to get on this video thing. God is going to do some amazing things with us if we're willing to do this. Whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's teaching people about healing or dreams or baking or whatever, people are interested. People like videos. If you have interesting, interesting videos, you could do prophetic videos. You can do mentoring videos, people who want to learn how to write better. You know, whatever it is, you should be doing. I just wanted to come on this morning because I had this. It's been gnawing at me for a long time. And I figured I'm not going to get anything done the rest of the day if I don't get on here and tell you guys, get out your cameras, get your smartphones ready, figure out how to do video. The program that I downloaded on my computer to encode video to do live streaming was simple. I just downloaded this program. It's an open source program. It's free. It took me 10 or 15 minutes to set it up. I don't know anything about encoding video, but I just looked at their instructions, got it all set up. And then I connected it to my YouTube channel and I did a test video like that, just a two minute test video and I was live streaming it on YouTube. It is not hard to do. This is what God wants us to do. We have a message, people wanna hear it, and video is one, is a great way that we can do it. If you're interested, if you wanna look at doing live streaming on YouTube, what you do is go to your YouTube account or create one and click on the live streaming option. It'll open up a new window. It'll start to tell you about you need an encoder program to uh, do live streaming. They give you a bunch of options of programs that are YouTube compatible that they approve of. There's a lot of gaming options. And then down near the bottom, there are a couple of uh, computer-based options for Mac and PC. And then go down to the bottom, and there is an open source program that is called OBS Studio. O, the letter O, B, S, Studio. It's open source. It's free. Download it. Install it on your computer. Go through a little bit of a setup on it. And um, all you need uh, to do live stream on YouTube is you need uh, a camera. So the program will identify your camera. It takes the video feed from your camera encodes it and then in the YouTube settings it'll have a live stream link it's got two uh, an, an encoding link you put those two into the program and then it links up your YouTube channel with your encoder on your program and you're set to go you can broadcast live it's very simple I don't know a lot about this it took me 15 minutes to do it and the thing is I could then take that live stream and put it on my website if I wanted to there are also programs plugins for WordPress that allow you to live stream on your WordPress website. I'm going to be looking into those options. One of the things that you need to do when you do live video, I think, is that's my little tripod. I have a desktop tripod, and this is a little $15 spring-loaded holder that holds my smartphone. So when I'm doing live video, I'm not bouncing all over the place. The camera's steady. I can put it at the right height and whatever I want. 
Do I use an external mic? Okay, here's the deal. Uh, let me show you. Hey, I'll take you around my studio. How does that sound? So, that's my laptop. That is my second. I have two desktop tripods. This one is for my phone. This one is for my webcam. I have a little webcam that I, that I use. I'm going to be doing YouTube videos probably on this little tripod. Again, a $15 tripod. And I have another tripod. <laughs> this is a six-foot tripod. And this is the one that I use when I go to churches, if I'm doing teaching. I, I, I mount my camera, and you'll see this one has the little phone mount on it as well. A little spring-loaded. This is my um, photo light for doing video. This is my shotgun microphone right here. I use this, this microphone mostly for recording podcasts and videos, but that's called a shotgun microphone. When I'm doing the videos that I'm going to be uploading onto my classes on my website, I use a shotgun microphone. Shotgun, that, that little shotgun microphone is amazing. It has great audio quality. It's much better than any other microphone that I have. I have a couple of, these microphones are really good. This is an Audio-Technica microphone. It's a USB mic. It plugs into my computer with a USB cord. I can just plug it in. I can re Usually when I'm doing a podcast, I will record on this microphone into my computer if I'm not doing a live one. I have some lapel mics that I will plug in. What I use for recording podcasts when I'm doing live is... I'll typically take my phone, which has an audio recording program, take one of my lapel mics, clip it on there, stick the microphone into the phone, and record the audio off the phone, and then I make a podcast out of that. I have a lot of different tips and tricks that I use for recording. Some microphones are better than others. I don't use a mic when I'm doing live video on my phone. The audio quality is good enough on the phone that I could turn it into a podcast. The only thing I'll have to do is boost the audio when I'm editing before I produce it. Oh, I want to show you one other thing. Here is a super secret ninja trick. All right. Do live videos when I preach at churches. I don't normally preach at churches, Tommy. I don't do a lot of public teaching and public speaking. I only do it a couple of times a year. I just did it this last week at the Southwest School of Supernatural because... I got a couple of buddies who are teaching the school, and I had the luxury of coming home every night between classes. I don't really like flying around the country and doing public speaking. The shotgun mic, Amy, that is a... I, I love this shotgun mic. It's the second one that I bought, and it is, uh, it's an Audio-Technica. Audio-Technica? Let me get the number here. It's an ATR-6... 550-6550. Here's the awesome thing. Plugs into your computer. You could actually plug it into a phone. It's got a little uh, mini connector so I can just plug it into my computer. And the awesome thing about a shotgun mic is it's directional. So it doesn't pick up sounds around the environment. If there's cars and trucks driving by, you won't hear any of that stuff. You point the shotgun mic right at your mouth when you're recording, and it gives really clear audio quality, and it'll pick up at quite a distance. I, I love this thing. It's, a, it's an awesome microphone. For the Like I said, for the videos that I'm doing for my classes, I use, I actually, 
Amy, you had to ask the question. Here's my camera. Uh, it's a Lumix camera. This is what I'm using to record the videos for my classes. This is the microphone. The mic, the shotgun mic, plugs into the camera on the top. So I use my camera and the mic. Uh, it is a great combination. This camera shoots at uh, HD video. All right, I've created my own little recording studio here, right? Because I'm doing podcasts and I'm doing videos and I want to have some professional looking videos. There's a little bit of investment if you want to teach by video. Uh, people ask me, you know, when I'm doing these classes, are, are there going to be a, a price on them? Yes, there is. Now, I'm going to have some free classes, but there will also be paid classes, but you have to realize the software and the hardware, that, I mean, that's the camera with the lenses costs us like $700. All my microphones together, I don't know how much it cost. There's a little bit of cost to, to for hosting video. If you want to do good quality video hosting without ads, it costs money. You have to pay for that. But this stuff is important enough to me that I'm willing to make the investment, buy the equipment, to have some good equipment, to do some good quality hosting without ads so that you guys can have access to stuff that is important to you. I wanted to tell you about my super secret ninja trick. All right. So I only have one smartphone. And in order to broadcast on Periscope, you have to do it from a smartphone. And I can't do Facebook Live video on my laptop or my desktop yet. I can only do Facebook Live from my phone. So if I want to do multiple platforms, I have to do more than one from a, a mobile device. I don't have an iPad or a, any kind of a pad. I don't like tablets. Of course, I've never owned one, but I don't really want to. They just don't seem like they would work for me. I decided that I might want to do Periscope and Facebook Live video at the same time, but I only have one smartphone. So what I did was I downloaded a program onto my laptop that is a, an Android emulator. So it emulates and it, or it simulates the Android operating system of your mobile phone. And you can install all the mobile apps on it and run them. So on my laptop here, you can see that. This is my Android emulator right here. And down here, I've got my Periscope and my Facebook apps. And if I want to run, if I want to do a Periscope or Facebook broadcast, I can do it from my laptop on the Android system emulator. It just opens a little window that's like a smartphone uh, on, your, on your laptop. So what I can do with that is I can Periscope from that, Facebook from this, and YouTube from my webcam. I can do three, I can be broadcasting on three different networks at the same time. And I will probably start doing that. Here's the deal. We have to think outside the box. We have to get outside the box. We have to... Start looking at different ways to impact and affect our culture, to teach them, to mentor, to train and disciple our culture. And our culture is moving more and more toward video. Look, you know, we're going to be dinosaurs. We're going to be dinosaurs if we don't learn how to use video. I, I love writing. I'm a writer. But I have decided, and the Lord has shown me, I need to learn how to use video better, more effectively. I need to reach more people. There are many different ways that people access information. One of the reasons why I started taking my podcasts and putting them over on YouTube is I had people asking me, I'm deaf. 
I can't hear your podcast. Can you take your podcast and translate them so I can read them? And I was like, that's a lot of work. But when you upload a YouTube video, Google's uh, software will create a transcript of your video. If it's able to hear the audio, it will create a written transcript. So what I found out is with my podcasts, I take the podcast, I put it in my little program here, I turn it into a video. Uh, I just have a splash screen with the praying medic thing on there. It's just, it's just really just audio, but it's on a video format. I upload it to YouTube, and within a couple of hours, they have a transcript, a written transcript of the entire show that people who are deaf can go there and read what it is I'm talking about on my podcast. There are going to be some errors. You can kind of, it's probably like 90, 90%, 95% accurate. There are some errors, but it's better than nothing. It's, you know, if you can take a two-hour podcast, put it up on YouTube, and have the person read the entire thing, and most of it be accurate, that's pretty cool. To me, that's significant. These are the kind of things we need to be thinking about. How do you reach people who are deaf? How do you reach the blind? How do you reach people who only have time to listen to an audio but not a video? We need to become multimedia kingdom people. We need to be able to reach people in whatever format, whatever platform they're on. I would love to do audiobooks. I have had people request, would you please do an audiobook? And don't hire somebody. Do it in your own voice. You have to record the, the audio files. All right. Uh, that takes time. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. When I looked at Amazon uh, book sales and I looked at the breakdown of paperback versus Kindle versus audiobooks, only 10% of all book sales on Amazon are audio. That's a relatively small number of books. There aren't that many people that are listening to audiobooks. Now, here's the problem. Again, some people will only listen to audiobooks. They won't read a book. They won't buy an ebook. They're only going to buy the audio version. So I have to sit down and think how much time is going to take me to read the script for all of my books and then edit the audio file and then upload them. And how many people am I actually going to reach? If it takes me if it takes me three days to read through a book and then do the editing of the audio file and upload it, and, and there's a cost for all of that, I have to weigh how, what's the cost versus the benefit. How many people are actually going to download the book and how much time is it going to take out of my day when I could be doing something else like video? I, I'm, I'm weighing all of that. I have had some very wonderful people who really, really want me to do the audio books. <laughs> I, I and, I, and I want to, and I want to do the audiobooks. We're trying to get caught up on the print books right now because I still have two or three books that we've written that are only available in ebook. We don't even have the print book versions available yet because we're, we're, it's just me and Denise. It's just the two of us. We don't have anyone helping us other than Lydia sometimes helps. I've had people who do this for a living and they've come to me and said, hey, I would love to read your books and turn them into an audiobook. And I'm like, well, I'll pray about that. <laughs> this is not going to happen. If I'm going to do the audiobook, I'm going to do the reading. And it's, it's an issue of time. I have so many things I want to do. You know what I spent all day yesterday doing? She went to the horse show up in Scottsdale, the Arabian 
uh, championship horse show with her friends. I stayed here in the house and transferred the video from the message on Friday. I downloaded that video, took the audio out of it, ran it through my editing program, edited out all the junk, boosted the audio so I could create a podcast, and then take the audio file, run it into my video program, create a video, and upload it to YouTube. I spent like 10 hours yesterday doing that. That's all I did to create a podcast and a video. I probably could have read an entire book in that time and got some of it edited. I don't know. I'm struggling with this workflow because I have so much stuff I could possibly be doing. If you guys would rather have me do audiobooks, maybe I should do that. I don't know. Maybe I'll do a poll, a survey. If you want me to do audiobooks or podcasts, pick a choice and tell me which one you want me to do. Um, I wasn't actually going to turn that message into a podcast. I was going to save that message for something else. And then all these people are harassing me going, oh, could you turn that into a podcast? And I was like, well, I wasn't going to, but I guess I'm going to now. So it's it's up on the podcast. You guys can check it out. People really seem to like it. I, I have probably a week's worth of emails I have to go through that I have not even checked in the last week. Because when I've been on the road last week doing the teaching, uh, I'm getting up late in the morning because we're not getting back until midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning, and then I sleep in. Get up, have some breakfast, check out on Facebook, see what's going on, and I just don't have time to do check on my emails. That's why I hire Lydia. Lydia does the hard work. She goes through my emails and says, here's the important stuff. Take care of this. Don't worry about the rest of that. Have I given you guys something to think about, I hope? For today. Like I said, God wants us to do more videos. Jesse Berkey, you need to do some videos where you're eating popcorn and prophesying over people and teaching them about the Holy Spirit. So it's popcorn prophecy. It's popcorn prophecy. You know what that is. That's where just little prophetic words just pop up and you just pop them out. You, you need to get cracking on that, brother. And you too, Amy. Don't be a slacker. No excuses. Get a tripod. <laughs> Get a tripod and do some more videos. All right. I'm running out of steam. Now I have to start recording videos for my healing class. That's, that's going to be the first class that I'll be doing on my website. The video-based classes will be healing. I've got a couple of free lessons that any, anyone can take, and they're actually they're going to be mandatory. Before you take any of my classes on singing in the Spirit or healing or anything else, you'll have to take these free lessons. And then you can go and take the pain classes. You can just take the free ones if you want. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Uh, recently found me through Adam Gingrich. You, Lori, you found me through Adam Gingrich? No joke? I didn't know anybody found me through Adam. I, I love Adam. He, and he's cleaning up his language, which I don't really care because I'm not a religious nut. But uh, he struggles with that. Like some of his scopes are like F-bombs all the way through. And like yesterday he was trying to like clean it up. <laughs> I don't know if it has to do with how much vodka and lemonade he's drinking or or what. But Adam Adam is great. I was really looking forward to Adam broadcasting from CPAC. But everybody who goes to one of these conventions, they can't get their Periscope thing running. They either have no bandwidth, they can't connect to Wi-Fi. 
or they just can't do it. So I was li- I was glad I listened to his entire scope last night. It was very um, very interesting. It was good. Keep on doing the videos. Keep on bringing it. And God is breathing on this. He has an anointing. However, whatever religious words you want to use over that, God is behind us little tiny people and our videos. It may seem insignificant. You may think nobody's going to watch. No one's going to listen. I don't care if you have four people watching your videos. This week it'll be four. Next week it'll be six. That's a 50% increase in the number of people you're reaching. If you can start out at four and get six people, and then the next week get 12 people, you will eventually get more and more people on. You'll reach more people, and they'll be blessed, and we, we just we need to do this. Stop making excuses why you can't do it. There are no excuses. We can all do it. We can, we can every one of us can do it. Uh, we'll get tired of the notifications because everyone will be doing video, but that's okay. You will tune in to the people that you want to hear. We, we're in a war. All right. Now, we all know we're not warring against flesh and blood. It's not actual people. There are spirits behind this deception and the war that we're fighting. So we need to be, when we pray, we're praying to disempower this evil spirits that are bringing this agenda. I want to finish up with a suggestion for prayer. I have a, I have a good friend who had uh, some dreams about the president and he had a, he actually had, he was translocated to the White House and he was privy to some things that were going on there. I can't tell you what that was about, but I can tell you this. In the dreams, he was shown two important things. One was about us believers, the body of Christ, and the other was about the White House staff. This, if you don't hear anything else in this video, listen to this and consider this. In the dream, in the first dream that my friend had, the Holy Spirit was showing him the body of Christ, particularly people who support the president. And what the Holy Spirit said is, they're supporting the president, but they do not have the mind of Christ. They do not yet understand what my purpose is, what I'm trying to accomplish and what my heart is for this nation and for the presidency. And until we get the mind of Christ, until we get the Lord's perspective on all of this, we can't really help. We can try to help the president, but we need to be in alignment and we need to understand what the Holy Spirit is saying, what God is trying to accomplish and not support things that are not the will of God. We, okay, so that's the first thing we have to understand is we have to get the mind of Christ. We have to get the Lord's heart about the situation. So your assignment for tonight and tomorrow is seek the Lord, ask for dreams, ask for visions, ask for revelation, ask the Lord to show you, tell you personally what he wants to accomplish in the next four years. Once you understand what he's trying to accomplish, then partner with him and pray into those things. If you are a, a, a throne room intercessor, go into the throne room and do your intercession. Go and do what you got to do, okay? The other thing that he saw in this dream, in the second scene, 
was there is a message that the Holy Spirit wants to give the president and his staff, and they're having a hard time receiving that message. The president's staff is up against a situation that they do not fully understand. They know that there's an enemy, but they don't understand the nature of the enemy. They don't understand the strategic plans of the enemy. They need wisdom. President Trump's staff and cabinet, they need wisdom. I'm not exactly sure how we can facilitate that, but we have to have wisdom. We have to have God's heart, and so do they. Okay? If they don't have God's heart, and if they don't have his mind, and if they don't understand what he's trying to accomplish, or if they don't understand the nature of the opposition that's coming against them, they they can they can work out of their flesh, they can war out of their their natural understanding of how things look, but that's not going to accomplish what God wants to get done. I would suggest that we start praying, if you're not already, that Steve Bannon, Kellyanne, Dr. Carson, Reince Priebus, the president, that they would all have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, that they would all start to hear his voice more clearly, that they would be led by the Lord through angelic revelation, through hearing his voice, through visitations, whatever that takes. I think we really need to intercede for the White House staff so that they will understand what the nature is of the opposition. And the White House staff needs encounters with the kingdom. They need a revelation. They need an understanding of God's heart, what he's trying to accomplish. Um, Once the White House staff has an understanding of what God's trying to accomplish, they can do their work with confidence, with uh, more successfully, less stress, less uh, uncertainty, and they'll know that they know that they're doing the right things. Pray for me. Pray for Denise. Pray for the president and the cabinet. Pray for your country and its leaders wherever they are. God is going to do amazing things this year. New things, amazing things, lies and deception are being taken down. Truth is being revealed. Darkness is being exposed. These are the things that God is doing. And he needs All hands on deck. Everybody on deck. Everybody battle stations. Everyone needs to be listening, hearing. What does God want you to do? How are you going to participate? How are you going to bring the truth to your sphere of influence? All right. I'm out of here. Uh, I got stuff to do. Got to go give Denise a hug and a kiss and make her some coffee. Love you guys. You're amazing. Catch you next time. Well, folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about this show, you can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. You can also contact me on Facebook and Twitter. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.